Alrighty all, and welcome to the third episode of Front Page Fantasy. Today we are going to be doing a big, big preview on the A-League men's. We're going to be going through each team, very, very similar to what we did with the A-League women's, as obviously the A-League men's is going to be kicking off this weekend. It's going to be Adelaide versus Central Coast, and for this episode, joined by a new guest, um, for people that do listen to Front Page Football Podcast though, he's probably not new to you though, it's Jack Tuhill. Jackie, mate, how you going? G'day, Jake. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's a pretty, pretty, you know, exciting podcast, I reckon. There's a, there'll be a lot of footheads out there who will be really excited for the fantasy. And, you know, I certainly has not been the most committed to fantasy in the past. So hopefully this podcast keeps me very committed. You know, I stay on top of my team and I make sure my men and women are putting out the best performances possible. And I get those meta players early so I can build some foundation. Mate, mate, that, that, that's probably half the reason why I just like, you know, I'm just going to make a podcast just to literally force myself to keep going or else then what's the point of this actual podcast? If, if we talk about it, it's got to happen, really. Exactly. <laughs> it's the manifestation, mate, manifestation. I've, I've got an extremely loyal sub-community. I've got to stay dedicated to and put out this content for them. So if I let them down, then, you know, God, that that would be the worst thing on earth. But uh Anyways, what did you think of our first week, obviously, for the dub? Uh, at the time of recording, it is Sunday. All the games have finished. How did you go in your first week? Uh, look, I made a few risky substitutions, and unfortunately, they have not paid off. Um, late, very late call to switch out Molina as for Michelle Haim. And I know they both only scored one goal, but as a proud Nova Castrian, I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't have enough trust in Molina, who is a prolific goal scorer. But I was very happy to find out this afternoon that uh, uh, Milivojevic has had an absolute route against Adelaide United. And a very exciting eight-goal thriller down at Cooper Stadium. So, you know, swings and roundabouts with fantasy. It's the first week. Still got to get your bearings. But hopefully I've built a little bit of cash in the kitty and I can um, make some trades where I need to to boost that score a bit up and, you know, um, hopefully choose the right team for game week two to get my ranking up because it's it, it's looking okay for a first week. But you know, unless you're in that you know top couple of percents, nothing to to sing a song about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, the person I had an absolute nightmare on uh, saying her name the last episode, Milivojevic. I finally learned how to say it. She absolutely saved my weekend. Um, I was very, very, very frustrated as I picked at the last minute. Natalie Tobin over Kirsty Fenton, because I'm like, you know what? She's a centre-back. She's going to stay healthy. She's going to play every game. She goes ahead and gets injured. The 50, not even not even at the half-hour mark to where she gets the, the clean sheet points. The 50-minute mark, she only gets three points, and then Kirsty Fenton goes on to get, was it 29 points, I think it was. So that definitely put me down for a bit. But, uh, yeah, um, and also my pick, Amelia Murray. She started on the bench, so I was a bit nervous there, but then came on, scored a bloody goal, equalised the game. It was a great game to watch, by the way, if, if anyone did watch it. It was fantastic. But, uh, <laughs> Look, yeah, mate, so. I'd turn in for Claudia Chico. And, um, again, just, just another absolute blunder. So I think that um, it's funny that we have a podcast, considering we're probably both in negative meta at this point. <laughs> oh, look, 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 look. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly pretty happy. I've, I've got 107 points. I, I, I can't see everyone else's yet. But for the first week... I'll take it, I'll take it, but, you know, because at the end of the day, you, you can always just go like, oh, I should have picked this person, I should have picked that person, but, mate, you know what, just got to live with our choices and move forward to next week, but, uh, yeah, shall we get started now on the, uh, the A-League men's? So, to start off, we're going to start with the team that is kicking off the league, Adelaide United. Looking at their team, obviously, it's very, very different because going to the this season, I just thought, okay, Craig Goodwin, first pick, you know, straight in, you know, he's, he's going to get consistent points. But obviously he's left quite late on. And uh, now there's sort of a new leader for Adelaide in terms of fantasy. Ryan Kiddo, he's at 433k and is also listed as a midfielder, which is interesting as obviously he plays left back. You know, he hasn't probably played you know, on the wing for, for quite a while now. So is that probably one you avoid? I, I would avoid Ryan Kiddo for the first four or five weeks of the season for the Main reason being he's very versatile and that's probably why he's been put in the midfield and his price is so high. And depending on where Carvet decides to play him when it comes to a match day in a starting 11, will determine how his price slides and, and how many points he's able to accrue. But, you know, a 9.1 average per round last season is like, it's a decent tally. 
and it is worth a 400 you know 430k price tag but you know he did have the added freedom being able to push forward into the front line the pretty steady defense and it also did help a lot that you have some experienced wingers in front of you in Ben Halloran and Craig Goodwin obviously Goodwin moving on now so Ben Halloran is still sticking around though so it depends on how much freedom he's allowed to play with to get forward but it could mean there's a few little cheap picks meta picks that can build a little bit of cash you know everyone talking about Nestori Irunkunda in the wake of Craig Goodwin's uh, departure. And it's unclear if he's going to be ready for the first round of the season. But once he's fit and ready, you know, it's really a question not of if he starts, but when he starts. And when he does start, that $234,000 price tag it has to increase, especially considering, you know, the dramatic effects he's had off the bench and the obvious talent he possesses. Just, just looking at it from that dynamic it's equally frustrating for probably fantasy players last season who, you know, had Goodwin just putting it in for them or they used Goodwin's appraisal midway through the season to get a few little nuggets of points towards the mid-season peak. But there's certainly some opportunities for those, you know, players who are a little bit cheaper to, to go up in price and also get some minutes and get some points in the Adelaide United equation. That definitely does seem like the sort of key, I think, with Adelaide this season when who sort of takes that big role for the club, you know, who, who steps in and takes that sort of creative role. My personal tip at the moment is Johnny Yule. I think that I always you know, was pretty positive about him you know, going into the season, but then I saw Carl Viet make quite a big call. I think he said, I think uh, Antonis, one of our front page contributors, reported on it. He tipped him for the Socceroos if he can stay fit and, you know, be playing, which I think just really shows sort of his belief in him and how much quality Yule has. And if you look at him here, $155,000 looks like an absolute bargain. He's, you know, from all accounts, at least in the Australia Cup, he's been playing in all their games. And I think can be, you know, if, if anyone's sort of seen how well he's done at MPL level, it's only a matter of time before he makes that step to the A-League level. And uh, he really specializes on his playmaking and can you know, grab a goal or two as well. So he's one I'm really, really, really excited about. about. I think we'll move on to another pretty new look team, which is Brisbane Raw who obviously um, made it all the way to the finals in the Australia Cup, lost at the final stage. It looked like they were actually going to win it. If, if anyone watched the Australia Cup, first half at least, that was some of the best football I've seen Brisbane play in quite a while. They're looking very, very, very good heading into this season. I think there's, you know, at least reflected here, there's quite a lot of expensive players here, like Jay O'Shea, $545,000, which is very pricey. He's obviously a very, very good player. One of my favorite players in the league. He's fantastic. But I think the thing that, Maybe he's holding me back there is obviously last year he played a little bit more further forward, a little bit more like a number 10, but this season under Ross Aloisi, he seems to be playing a little bit deeper, which potentially will limit maybe the amount of sort of goals and assists he can pick up. And it seems like the likes of Florent Berengay, Henry Hall will sort of play in that role. They're both priced around 340000 And then apart from that, it's there's a lot of really, really, really cheap players there. Do you want to sort of touch on maybe some of your topics there, some of your ones to keep an eye out on? Well, my big pick, and um, it's actually in the goalkeeping ranks. I've gone for Macklin Frake as my starting keeper there at 224000 Um, In terms of a keeper, quite pricey, quite pricey. One of, one of the more pricey keepers in the league. But I think that um, type of football that Ross Aloisi is playing, yeah, it may not be the most defensive secure football, certainly not as defensive secure as we saw under Warren Moon in the first half of last season. I still think that Macklin Freak, given that he's a really good reflex, you know, shot stopper, I think is decent at that level. And and maybe Brisbane Roy in turning their attentions more to an attacking sort of facet of play, he, he will concede chances. But I, I feel confident that he'll be able to make some big saves. And obviously the way that, um you know, A-League Fantasy works these days, it's it's not just you know, did they win that week and did they keep a clean sheet? No, it's how many saves, how many clearances, all these defensive stats are building into the game. And you've really just got to think about, look, do I want a keeper who I know is going to get clean sheets, you know, with one of the more defensively secure teams in the league? Or do I want to take a bet on a team that might concede a few chances, but he's a decent enough keeper to um, protect in between the sticks? And, and Macklin Frakes, a pretty good candidate in my eyes, um, he only got an average of 5.3 points last season, but I think that he has the potential to be earning towards 7 and 7.5 points for your team 
per game this season, which for a goalkeeper is pretty handy to have. You know, week to week, they're, they're, the goalkeeper is probably the one that fluctuates the most, given that if they do have a poor week or the team has a poor week, they lose by four, three, four goals. They're the ones that are hit the most in terms of those negative points in conceding goals. So it, it sort of balances out in a way that if Brisbane's defence isn't good and he does concede, you know, three goals, I feel like he'll make enough saves that it might just sort of reduce the collateral damage there. But I'm very surprised to see the prices of Brisbane Royal for a team that finished outside the finals last season, the prices that we're seeing at the moment. Obviously, the statisticians at uh, Keep Up or A-Leagues.com headquarters, as it's known now, are really tipping Brisbane to to have some really high-functioning players in terms of fantasy. you got 314 for Tom Aldridge. You've got 340,000 for Henry Hoare. You've got Scott Neville, one of the elder statesmen of the A-League, still pushing that, you know, about 300k price point. So in terms of meta signings, there really isn't a lot unless you want to take a big punt on Lewis Sabala or A.M. Jock. Brisbane's, you're probably looking at the two players you want to pick up, uh, Thomas Waddingham, and if <laughs> Jay O'Shea's still the penalty taker throughout the season, Jay O'Shea. Mm. I really want to touch on Thomas Waddingham. He's someone I'm a very, very, very big proponent of. If anyone's watched the Australia Cup, he is just, like, I think I, I have a new article that's going to be coming up soon, sort of previewing this. And I think the way I said it is, it seems at the moment we have this sort of new archetype of play, which is just these big left-footed strikers. You know, you've got Haaland, you've got Hoyland, you've got Vlaovic, you've got Oshie, you know, like all just these new strikers, just these, they, they almost, you think they've just built in a lab. And I swear Thomas Warningham is the Australian version. Just this out-and-out goal-scorer, poacher, he's just he's got it all. I'm a really, really big fan of him. I think as an 18-year-old to step into the first team and, you know, I think bag four goals in five games it was in the Australia Cup in the way he did, I'm very, very, very excited on that. And it seems he will have that starting striker role. And for, I haven't even mentioned yet, $150,000. That is the cheapest <laughs> possible price. Um, you can have anyone in the game. So I think, yeah, as looking here, 12.3% of people have already got him. I think that should be even higher. He could be one of the easily one of the best picks this year. I, I, th- I think for that cheap of a price, that is a punt and a half that I think is absolutely worth be taken. And then even moving along, you've got the likes of Joe Coletti, who's been starting so far for Brisbane Raw, one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars, very very solid pickup. And then someone like even like Jack Ingard, obviously he's someone that's maybe getting on a little bit, but two hundred eleven thousand dollars for. The starting right back of a very attacking Brisbane Royal team. If, if you've been watching them, uh, him and Zabala, they've been pushing up very, very high, and I think yeah, they're definitely bound to get some, you know, some goals and assists here and there. But uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to touch on with Brisbane, Jack? Just your comments on Warringham. Um, very easy to sign him, and, and I was very tempted to sign him. I haven't signed him, mm-hmm. um, mainly for the fact that is one. He, We've seen young players get opportunities in the Australia Cup in previous renditions of the of the tournament, and really not given the the game minutes that you know perhaps they deserve during the A League season. It is a completely different kettle of fish in terms of sort of the ability and the and the fitness and the physicality that is required to to go at that level. And I'm also a little bit wary about injuries, uh, mainly. From what I saw from Archie Goodwin, the back end of the season a couple of years ago, he looked like, man, he could he could push on him. He could be an absolute gun for Newcastle and even start to push starting minutes. And he was at a very you know low price on, on fantasy last season. And it, he had some niggling injuries. And when you're at 18, 19, 20, your body's still very fragile. It's still at the, the peak of where you're going to be growing. So Wanningham, whilst he looks like he has everything, all the makings of a fantastic striker, he's got great instincts. He knows where to be in the box. I like his energy up front as well. I think he presses the ball really well. So uh, Wanningham, whilst I really want to see him do well from what I've seen with him in the Australia Cup, especially scoring in the final, you know, what a moment for the young man. Uh, I'm just a little bit wary if he stays fit and also if he gets the game minutes that will allow him to rise. But I can easily see his price rising to about 200, 250K, even by if he gets the minutes, game week four or five, you know, it could go up really, really quickly. Yeah, he's going to be definitely one of the biggest picks this year to make. And I think if you're not at least have him in your team initially, Definitely someone, if he does get those minutes and sort of prove to be their sign striker, wants to uh, sort of step up on. 
Anyways, now moving on to the Central Coast Mariners. Obviously, the reigning champions, and in true Central Coast fashion, they have just have a completely different team almost this season. They've you know, lost a lot of their you know, sort of key players. Jason Cummings, Nectar Trianton, and Kololo now. Um, so it's a very new-look team, and I think it's somewhat represented with some of the new signings. Could be some really, really good picks there. But first, we'll go on someone that's still, obviously, there. Marco Tullio, $429,000 there. That's pretty pricey, but I think it's deserved after the season he had. He's uh, proven himself to be a top, top player. Then even someone like Alu Kowal, who for $348,000, that could be a good deal if he does maybe live up to the hype, you'd say, in a way, and if he can stay fit. But I think if you're looking at some of the other strikers around that price, it's maybe swaying me a little bit there. But then maybe moving to some of the newer signings there. Mikael Docker, he's listed as a defender, $203,000. From what I've seen, he's both played as a right-back and a right-winger. So if he plays more minutes further ahead, the 200 k that could be a really, really, really good pick. And then one that, this could be another massive pick here, Angel Torres. From what I've seen, I watched a lot of clips of him in Malta and also... Obviously, when they've been playing in the AFC Cup, he looks so, so, so good. Like, I'm really, really excited to watch this guy play. He's just super direct, just goes at the defenders nonstop. He looks like if he can sort of figure it out, maybe build some more chemistry with the players around him, he could be one of the top players this season. So for $176,000, definitely one to watch there. But I think something that definitely needs to be noted on too with the Mariners is the fact they are playing the AFC Cup. It does make me a little bit more wary with their assets. I don't know how much they're going to be rotated and what they're actually going to prioritize. Are they going to play the likes of Tulio? Uh, Are they going to prioritize them for the AFC Cup and maybe rest them a little bit more for the A-League? So I guess we don't necessarily know there. But Jack, how are you sort of thinking they're going to somewhat balance that? And are you a little bit wary of maybe some of their assets because of that? Well, if by wary you mean putting Marco Tulio as my captain in A-League's fantasy, then... 100%. 100%. No, no, no. I think um, Marco Tulio, he's proven that he's physically capable of playing a lot of games in a season. Um, I think the amount of minutes, and he's also been managed as well. Uh, we've seen a few games where he's come off in the 60th, 65th minute last season. Um, he's been well managed, obviously, you know, by Monty, who's, who's now got a Hibs. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, how the new manager goes in terms of how he manages the squad. And, you know, obviously there was an identity built. And I think. The manager is a is as much a part as you know the prices and the and the point averages that you're going to be looking at for the Central Coast Mariners. You know, um, someone who's going to catch my eye a little bit, and he's been around the Central Coast Mariners for a while, but now with another, you know, last season, A League's fantasy hero in Nectar Triantis, absolute meta player last season. Uh, Daniel Hall looks to have you know taken his spot. He's played a few games in the AFC Cup, and he might step up a bit this season. Um, and I, in terms of defenders, like for me, I think that if you want to pick a defender from the Central Coast Mariners as someone who you're going to start and put in your starting lineup, I think Daniel Hall, in terms of his price, is probably the best way to go. Uh, another one I've been keeping an eye on is Storm Rue. I have him as a part of my team. Yes, he's a pricey defender, and it's sort of a bit of hypocrisy for me. But um, Storm Rue, for me, is, he, again, it's versatility for me. You know, I can see him if Mariners get unlucky with injuries him popping up into the to the midfield if need be they need someone to be a deep line playmaker I can see him taking that role his versatility and experience for me is enough to to put him into my lineup and then also a player who could get a more of an expansive role this season is Christian Theo Harris you know the super sub of Central Coast Mariners last season uh, I'll be interested to see how many minutes he gets week to week and at 200,000 for a midfielder he really predominantly plays as a winger and a very attacking-minded player. He could get you some crucial points and also get you some crucial cash in the kitty. Yeah, I think that because of the nature in which Mariners sort of their philosophy is, which is developing these young players that I guess obviously are priced cheaply here at the start of the season here in fantasy. I think it just makes them a really, really good place to invest. Like Nathan Paul's another one here in my articles where I talk about sort of a lot of the similarities I'm noticing here with him and Triantis, you know, coming from one of the other Sydney clubs there and almost immediately just thrown straight into the first team. We've seen him play in all of the Australia Cup games and the AFC Cup games, which is very, very, very impressive for someone who hasn't played uh, professional football yet. So it looks like they're really going to back him. So he's someone I definitely currently have my eye on. 
and even other players like the likes of Jim Reek and Miguel De Pizio, Will Wilson, etc. They're all priced very cheaply here, and they're definitely players that could sort of step in there and you know, be some key players for Central Coast. I, I guess we just don't never really know what's going to be next for Central Coast. They're always cooking something else up, but especially, it definitely must be noted with the new coach, there's no Monty anymore. That's going to be very interesting to sort of see how they play, if they play different formation, you know, I think we're going to, it's a lot of questions that we're going to sort of need to be answered, but uh, now we're moving straight along to MacArthur Bulls. So, obviously, they are the reigning wooden spooners, but they're also in the AFC Cup, which is sort of an interesting mix there, and obviously we've seen them, you know, maybe some, make some interesting calls. We've seen the likes of Daniel Nizic feature for them so far in the AFC Cup, which is interesting. Um, and I know you've been talking sort of there. Think you currently have in your team? Is that correct? Yeah, I think it could be just a handy uh, goalkeeper to have in your back pocket. Um, do I think he's going to start week in week out over Philip Curdo? No, definitely not. I think if you, you, you if you don't know, like 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 so far, we actually have seen like I, I'm not too sure what's going on with Philip Curdo, but Nizic has been back so far. He's been he's played all their preseason games, so which is interesting. Like all this since he's joined, so I, I think he could have good calling hands there. It, it could be, it could be a good meta pick, but um, let's assume that they're picking a stronger starting eleven. You know, Philip Curdo is a proven keeper, but at three hundred and thirty thousand, it's not a price point you want to be hitting with your keepers. You want to keep your keepers. I think at the most, obviously, Macklin Thrake at two hundred and thirty. The highest I go for a decent enough keeper is two fifty. Even with the different points scoring I mentioned before, in terms of you know, the key man, Valerie Germain, they've just signed. Um, obviously, fans of Ligun will know him um, as he was, you know, a big player, both Monaco and I believe Marseille as well. So, um, you know, the fans of European football will know of his name and uh, know him as, you know, the player who sort of played third fiddle to Falcao and Mbappe in that league-winning season. But 348000 for an ageing European striker who's just come into the league, We've seen him fail before, haven't we, in the A-League? We've seen a few high-profile signings at his age and, you know, at his sort of physical capabilities really sort of falter, especially given the Australian heat. We play, a, obviously, summer competition. So at 348, he would have to score a fair few goals for that price to go any higher than that and for that 348 to be warranted. He might be a good mid-season pickup, though. If MacArthur do have a slow start, he could see his price. I reckon it could drop as far down as 290. And in that case, if he's still fit and maybe he's scoring once every two games, maybe a solid pickup. Other than that, I think the most value for money and, you know, maybe a big call, but $281,000 for Ulysses De Villa. It's pretty, pretty tasty. Um, I was very, very tempted to go for that. I haven't gone for that in my team, but let's see how he bounces back from his big injury of last season. You know, whether the if they ease him back into, you know, his full A-League duties, he, he's he's definitely one of the most, you know, dynamic players in the league. He, he has played, you know, a little bit of minutes in, in, in pre-season, but at a A-League level, given that injury last season, it's sort of a wait and watch to see if 280 is an is a nice price um, for Lisa's de Villa. Yeah, I think him and Jaman, the two you touch on there, are probably the two I'm definitely keeping my eye on the most. I think Jaman, obviously, like you said, he's aging. We don't exactly know how he's going to adjust to the A-League, but I like what I saw at least in the AFC Cup. Keep in mind, these are against some pretty dodgy sides, let's say, so I wouldn't you know, bank yourself on that too much, but I think he could be a very good pick if he does adjust, but one I'm definitely waiting on, and de Villa was one who was also pretty cheap last season. I picked him in there and unfortunately picked up an injury as well. So um, let's hope this is different this time around. Um, yeah, I've, I've liked him in preseason. Again, AFC Cup, maybe don't bank on it too much, but I think, yeah, if he can stay fit, obviously he takes you know penalties and set pieces for them too. I think there's definitely a lot to like with that Devere pick, but yeah, it is obviously a bit pricey though, but I think I'm willing to take that pun on him. But anyways, let's move along to the Premiers. Melbourne City, I think a team that's you know, pretty consistently you can sort of rely on to get you some points in fantasy. Um, they have, you know, the likes of Jamie McLaren, who, you know, it'd be almost just the most unthinkable thing for him not to do well and get, you know, points and goals. So I think, uh, and that's reflected, $579,000 and still has 38% of picks, which is unbelievable. Then you have someone like Matthew Leckie and even someone a little bit further down, Andrew Naboo, who, too, there, haven't got a lot of picks and I definitely want to make you, recommend you guys to pick him. 
as they're both injured. Naboo for the whole season. Leggy, I think, at least the first couple of weeks. I'm not too sure on that, but I think there's a lot of... They're, they're priced pretty highly, but you'd say that's pretty fair, wouldn't you, Jack? Yeah, I, I definitely deserved. I mean, if you, if you look at the, the, what we call the minor premiership in this country, it's the most consistent team over the regular season. And Melbourne City, if the... The C and MCY wasn't uh, City. It would be consistency because uh, they they've really been even with their managerial change last season. I'm um, still at the peak of their powers, and the signings they've made have really just I support uh, I suppose hammered that home. You know, they they've signed a really good player in Saku who has some good experience there. Arslan who has some really good experience um over in Europe as well, and Sokaru as his beach one of the most expensive defenders in the game, but the way he plays and the, sort of that dynamic running, we've seen a little bit of it in the Asian Champions League um, so far. And he could be a decent enough pickup if he gets forward as much as we've seen so far from them. So in terms of players I could see going up, I've got Callum Talbot. I've pipped him to to really um, get more of an expansive role, of course. He sort of played second fiddle as, you know, the young up-and-coming fullback to uh, Geordie Boss last season who had a fantastic season and earned her, league to, uh, earned her move to Europe. So maybe if Talbot can find a um, steady part in the starting 11, um, he could be a good medicine to get some cash in the kitty by the halfway point of the season. And someone who I picked as my uh, third striker in my A-League Phoenix team is Max Caputo. We've seen him feature a few times, and he popped up in a goal um, against Zijang in the uh, AFC Champions League. And um, if he does get some decent enough minutes off the bench, um, he's proven that he can score. Um, you were talking about wanting him. We've got a little bit of a trend of these tall, uh, like double-footed strikers who just know where to be. He's got a good physicality about him. He's got a good leap. And 75th minute, leverage some corners into an opponent's half. You could definitely swing a few balls in for a Max Caputo if you do need a goal to clinch three points or maybe even a, you know, a late draw for Melbourne City. So, so those are the types of players I'll be looking out for. Yeah, I, th- I think you've got a pretty good pick there in Caputo. I think we saw in that game against Zhang, he was actually put out on the right wing, which I think is actually good for him in a way. You know, when you have someone like McLaren, it's hard to displace him. So if he's able to be versatile, playing those other positions, sort of complementing the likes of McLaren and sort of getting on the end of, you know, maybe those back posts, you know, crosses, then you've got a really, really good pick there. And I think there's a couple there, like uh, surprisingly for City, they have a lot of really, really cheap plays. Nuno Race, um, he was largely... Uh, preferred as their starting right back, which I personally is, I think is a terrible call. I don't think he's a right back at all. But anyways, he does play there and he's a part of a good city defense. And even someone like, again, this one maybe is a little bit more sort of out there. We haven't really seen him play yet, but Leo Natal, he seems to sort of be highly regarded and he's only priced at $185,000 there. So maybe someone I wouldn't pick up just yet, but you know, maybe if we see him play a couple games, get on him early, he could be a really, really good pick. As I know he's a winger and obviously, you know, Lecky and Nabu, we've just said, are out, so that position could be his. But yeah, I think this like City as usual, I think look very, very good for fantasy. There's a lot of really, really good picks in there. You know, for someone that's so consistent and going to be expected again to sort of push for the finals. I'm a little bit iffy on Rado. I don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but who knows? Um, I think we'll have to see. You know, we, we, we have seen them play good football, obviously, under him, and I think the sort of the the, the the whole league season of consistency really, really suits City well. Maybe not to win the championship, but, you know, at least as premiers, we've seen it three times in a row. So, you know, I, I think it speaks for itself. But we'll move along to their City rivals there that have struggled for um last season. They've shown a little bit of promise here and there. I think they picked up some good signings. And, you know, I, I think I think there's some pretty good young talent there. But I think with sort of how volatile they have been, I think it's... I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm a bit iffy on their assets. How are you feeling for the likes of, you know, for example, Jake Brimmer, you know, priced at 410000 obviously back from a long-term injury. And, you know, there's a lot of pretty expensive players here for a team that I guess we don't, they, they could probably either be contending for the title or right at the bottom. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah, swings and roundabouts when it comes to Melbourne victory. We just talked about a player who's come back from a long-term injury and who could be a really good pick for that price. And that's Elise's de Villa. And really... If it was between Jake Brimmer and Lucy De Villa, I would go De Villa at this point. I think whilst Jake Brimmer is a focal point of Melbourne Victory's midfield, I think Ulysses De Villa is a focal point of a team. And at 280000 versus the 410000 price that Jake Brimmer's commanding, awesome. it, it is a pricey midfielder. And for that sort of 
investment. You're looking at someone, like, obviously he takes free kicks and he does take penalties, but, you know, whether he's be able to capitalise on those chances and, and provide those assists, you know, we've seen him do it in the past, obviously, former player of the season. So Jake Brimmer is definitely a watch and wait. I wouldn't pick him up game week. One, I'd probably give him at least three, four to see how he's going. Um, tracking by that the fifth waypoint of the the season, I guess you know after four or five games. Um, in terms of other players that you could perhaps pick up, I mean, you didn't have the funnest time over at Macarthur, but Daniel Arzani for two hundred fifty four thousand back in Melbourne as well. I know it's a different color, but playing back at Amy Park could be a decent little pickup, especially if he's given the minutes and he, he's given the time and he's played in the right position. You know, we've seen a lot of commentary about how he doesn't get back and defend, and that's everyone's. Everyone's favourite tweet as soon as they see Daniel Arzani. But what he can do for you going forward, um, especially in a fantasy context, as a forward at 254000 it's an incredible price for someone who does possess a genuine talent. Um, whether he's in the right mindset to push on this season is is a different story as a player. But I certainly wish him all the best. Uh, on his day, he's one of the most gifted people I've seen touch the A-League uh, with the ball at his feet. He, he's a fantastic watch. And um, another one that I'm interested to look at is Nishan Valupale. He's been picked by um, some of the youth national teams um, over the past couple of months and played some considerable minutes. So he could be good at 180,000. You know, if you've got a spare 180,000, you're looking for a third forward to, to partner up. Your, sort of your, your big two usually spend in that part of the pitch. Nishan Valupale could be a really good compliment. But all of, you know, Nishan Valupale is one of the youthful guys and it's all about who gets minutes under Popovich. You know, I've taken a stab in the dark and gone for Ryan Teague as my sort of meta pick from Melbourne Victory, but it's always been difficult in Popovich teams to see if he's actually going to play the youth or if he's going to stick to his veterans. Um, usually it is the latter, but you sort of never know. Um, Melbourne Victory as a team is definitely one you've got to watch and wait on. You know, last season their form was left a lot to be desired upon, so they can get cooking with the attacking potential they do possess in both the midfield and the forward areas, you know, the sky's really the limit um, if you can pick the right players. Yeah, I think you've two got very, very, you know, two very, very good picks there in Volupale and uh, Teague. I think we've seen them both feature quite frequently in preseason. I think, especially Volupale, I think there's been a lot of talk around him. He looks like he's cooking a little bit heading into this season. So I think there's a couple, of, and even some interesting one there. I've noticed that Christian Siciliano. Um, I've noticed so. Uh, Paul Lizzo's been, you know, traveling to the preseason games and whatnot, but it seems like Siciliano's actually been playing. I'm not too sure what's happening there. That could be something to monitor. I wouldn't necessarily bank on it just yet, but there could be something there. I've, I've no idea what's going on in the goalkeeping department. And even you've got some picks like Franco Lino, I'm a big fan of Josh and Sarah. Some of these younger guys have been featuring quite a bit in preseason. So I think there's a lot of, it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether Popper's sort of, you know, backs the youngsters or sort of sticks with his old guns. Who knows? We'll have to see. But yeah, I think victory could be an interesting one. But now we'll move on to a team very, very close to home to you, Jack. Newcastle. <laughs> hey, how about you get us kicked off Newcastle? How would you preview them? Uh, well, um, look, I ha- hate to let my fellow Navacassians down, but no, my, um, my fantasy team is not a Newcastle Jets starter team because I think you'd have to be both mad and stupid to put a lot of Jets players in your starting left, to be fair. You know, of course, I wish the Jets the best of luck as a fan, but as it looks at the moment, new coach, looks like going to be a new setup and a few fresh faces around the team with the likes of Matty Yerman uh, leaving the club, who was, of course, um, one of the co-captains um, in the squad last year. It's definitely a watch and wait with this team, but there is some decent picks now, um, as a defender, would I pick him in my all-time A-League starting 11? Absolutely not. But Dane Ingham, another one of those versatile defenders who had set a cheap price, who could on any given day be playing up the wing or even centre forward. I mean, Pappas seems to like playing him at centre forward towards the end of his tenure there. So if that sort of versatility is still explored by Robert um, Stanton uh, this season, then you know, he could be a good pickup at 200000 a cheap defender. Um, someone who I'm looking forward to watching as a Newcastle fan and, and a, another defender as well is Lucas Moragas um, coming back off a loan, a, a pretty decent loan spell, to be fair, with the Wellington Phoenix. Um, I'm hoping that he gets um, as many minutes as possible. There's also a few players that I'd probably lean towards avoiding based on their price. Um, 
Reno Piscopo is definitely a watch and wait at 300,000. It depends on his positioning week to week. Uh, 250,000 for Trent Bahaja. That's very hit and miss. If they're playing a lot of direct football, Trent Bahaja does come up with goals. But, you know, if they're trying to play along the ground, that sort of style of football, I think Bahaja is really someone who just really builds form off of his pace and getting him behind the defenders. So that's another one to watch and wait. But he has scored a few goals in preseason, of course, in the Australian Cup, did score a goal against Melbourne Victory. So you, you sort of never know with that one. And look, 230000 for Jacob Douse, like that seems a bit of, uh, just a little bit of an overprice. Um, he was very effective for Perth Glory last season off the bench and did pick up some really nice points if you got him at the the start of his sort of upward trajectory and his price point. But to start off at 231, you sort of have to wait and see how many minutes he's really going to get. The Newcastle Jets squad at the moment are really stacked with a lot of young, you know, wingers and forwards looking to try and win that spot in the starting 11. You know, Daniel Steins, although he's listed as a midfielder, can play in a further forward role as a winger. Lachlan Bayless at 155 might be a decent pickup as he has featured quite heavily in pre-season. And, you know, obviously probably the brightest young spot, Archie Goodwin at 183. Look, he's had some trouble with injuries, but if you can get those injuries um, sort of under control and Stanton's history in uh, youth football, it might be fair to take a stab, but at the moment, he's still got niggling injuries. He's got osteoslatus. He's he's not in in the best way in terms of his um you know physical health. So you know, I wish him definitely wish him a speedy recovery. But um, you know, he's definitely a watch and wait even to the midpoint of the season at one eighty three to see where he prices his price go and what sort of contribution he's making to the squad. Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite a common theme there in that sort of Newcastle squad where just a lot of cheap young players to maybe, yeah, sort of keep an eye out on. You know, if Stanton has a big impact on this side, you know, we could see some of these guys, you know, I think, yeah, likes of Kanka, Natar, Timmons, Wilmery, et cetera, all these players are very, very, very cheap and maybe someone to not necessarily jump on just yet, but yeah, if you sort of, you know, if they're playing well, getting points, yeah, maybe someone you could sort of bring in. And one I actually do like the look of is Jason Bethomia. He's, um, a new French import, uh, played you know quite a lot of football in Ligue 1, and looks a very interesting pick. He's aging a bit, but I think at two hundred forty-three thousand dollars, he could. Pretend, I, I noticed in his last preseason game, I think he stepped in and started, so it looks like he's sort of sort of in the you know, in the works of you know playing for them. Um, that could be an interesting pick there, but uh, yeah, we'll move along now to Perth Glory, who. Again, I'd, I'd say have an interesting team. I think it is that they don't necessarily have a really expensive player. The most expensive player is Khalifi at you know, just over three hundred thousand dollars. But there's quite a lot of sort of players pricing that sort of mid range of around two hundred thousand dollars. So, is there any picks here for Perth that you're liking at the moment, Jack? I would say if you're looking for a meta pick, who's a young player who will get some decent game time, Daniel Benny. Um, we've seen him really pop up in those preseason games, especially against West Ham, and that um. An exhibition match. Um, he looked really bright, really bubbly. He's, he's been featuring in um, the youth national teams. You know, everyone's got an eye on him at the moment as a prospect. So, you know, you could be leaning towards um, listing him as one of your forwards, um, see where his price goes and, and see what his contribution is this season. Another cheap forward who might be able to break into the starting lineup, Bruce Kamau. And also another one I want to mention is Stefan Kolakowski. It'll be interesting to see how many minutes he's get. Ever since moving to Perth, he's really sort of been turfed out like he, I haven't seen much of him hasn't really been an active player for them so whether or not uh the uh, current regime sees him as a player who's good enough for Perth is a different story but someone who I picked and someone who you've just mentioned Salim Khalifi listed as a midfielder could easily play as a second striker or, or a winger in a more advanced position and those are the sorts of players you're looking for you're looking for players who maybe are listed at a position that caps their price at a certain amount of money but plays a versatile role as part of a team and and Salim Khalifi is is that pick for me especially you know I think he's got the the makings of being almost like a second striker playing off an Adam Taggart pivot um if that's the sort of tactics Perth decide to use um can't say I've seen much of Perth in pre-season and I, I definitely think we'll be hearing more about Perth from another FPF contributor Matt Olsen but if Salim Khalifi is firing, he, he truly is one of the most exciting players in the league. And um, he's definitely someone who, who I'll be paying close attention to as he is in my team. 
And there was at least another player from Perth in your team in Jordan Elsie. And he's someone that after a uh, sort of, I asked you to send me your team just to sort of have a look at it. I noticed a, you know, a specific Jordan Elsie there and, and 21% of other players have him and uh, he's not there. <laughs> he's not playing for Perth Glory anymore. He uh, transferred to, was it East Bengal, was it? In the Indian oh. Super League. Look, he was so good, I just couldn't let him go. <laughs> I just got that, that emotional attachment, you know. His, his, his transfer to Perth Glory really changed me as a Newcastle fan and he's someone who's, you know, you know, imprinted himself on my identity. No, 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 no. That was a clerical error, 100%. I was just like, Jordan Elsie, 150K, what a steal. And then you pointed out to me he had moved to the Indian Super League and now I feel absolutely stupid being on this podcast as a fantasy expert by having an inactive player in my squad, especially considering that I pay very close attention to A-League transfer news and very close attention to A-League men's squads. So, you know, that, that, that is quite a blunder from me and who knows, you might be trading me off in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm not going to go that hard, you mate. To be fair, I don't blame you. Yeah, I think if you look at it, obviously 21% of other people have sort of fell for this. You know, they see Jordan Elsie, a familiar name at $150,000. Oh my God, what a steal. But but to be fair, I, me and Cody talked about this on the first episode, which was, what, a couple of weeks ago. He's still here. They still haven't removed him, which is quite frustrating to be fair. You know, I think that's, um, well, maybe, maybe necessarily you know, would be good for us now that we don't have him in our team, but... You know, I, I just feel bad for people that still have him. So, please, if you're listening to this right now and you have John Elsie, just get rid of him. There's plenty of others for $150,000. Nathan Paul was one. One we're going to talk about a little bit later. Lucas Kelly healed. He's one as well for Wellington. Just just anyone else. Anyone else that can actually have a Hashtag Elsie out. Hashtag Elsie out. Get a trending socket to it. Get a trending. Let's get a trending. Elsie <laughs> out. Jesus Christ. Because there's eight over 800 users right now that have him. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely one I would avoid for them. But, yeah, I, th- I think... Um, Perth have an interesting team as well. I think there's a lot of you know, good picks. Khalifi, um, you know, if he can stay healthy, that could be a really, really good pick, especially with the midfield tag on him. He is a, such an exciting player to watch. And even some others like Kolokovsky. I think I saw Luka Vanovic, $150,000. seen he's been playing a bit in preseason. So I think, yeah, again, there's not necessarily a lot of set in starters at the moment. I think we'll have to see you know, what uh, Stadic sort of brings and who he plays, who he prefers. But, yeah, I think there could be some good picks there uh, for Sydney. Oh, sorry, Perth. But now let's move on to Sydney, though, a team that has obviously just won the Australian Cup. Um, they look pretty damn good, to be fair. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually quite baffling to think that, you know, that they went from very easily they should have lost to that Central Coast in that game, and then from there they just played some great football. I think that probably just really woke them up, to be fair. But looking at them at the moment, I think they've got the likes of Joe Lolly leading the line there. At four hundred fifty thousand dollars, pretty pricey. Robert Mack, Caseras. This it's just these sort of reliable assets, you'd say, and they have been priced that way. Is there anyone you currently have, maybe in your team, or at least uh, maybe keeping an eye out on? Um, I currently have Anthony Caseras, but look, before the trade deadline closes, one hundred eighty thousand for Fabio Gomez, or one hundred eighty-five thousand. After that performance in the Australian Cup final. Um, I can't see the percentages on my screen right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the biggest meta picks of this season's front page. Um, uh, sorry, this season's A League's fantasy. This, of course, is front page fantasy. The podcast. A ten percent of picks, which is which is a fair bit to be fair. Fair bit of picks, and also Patrick Wood featured all across the Australia Cup. One hundred sixty-five thousand. Who gets the nod? Is it going to be Gomez or is it going to be Patrick Wood? It's really all up to Bimby, isn't it? You're not, you're never sure what Stephen Corrick is going to produce, and even in game day, you know, halfway through the season last season, it was Corrick out, and now he's got silverware. Crazy to think that he almost got this Sydney team to a, to a grand final last season, and and uh, got some silverware at the start of this one. So it looks like uh, Sydney FC's fortunes have turned around as a team, and you know, there's some pretty decent picks. You know, I like Jack Rodwell priced at two hundred forty-two thousand in defence. You know, someone who who has a really good touch on the ball, he's a fantastic footballer and a, and a good technician for someone who plays as a defender. Um, Joe Lolly at 450 for me is too pricey in terms of his goal output. You know, he's more of a distributor in that front line for Sydney. Maybe watch him wait, his price might drop down, but considering his performance in the Australia Cup final, you know, winning the Mark Viduka medal as well, you know, obviously the statisticians that are, a-League's headquarters have got him tipped to be one of the key players this season, as he should, as he's got a, a lot of talent. 
But the only Sydney player I currently have in my team is Anthony Caceres. And look, man, Anthony Caceres, he's doing it a long time, but he still pops up season after season with some crucial points in fantasy and some crucial goals and assists for Sydney FC. So for me, he's one of the better picks in the midfielders in that 300000 price range, someone who's proven in the A-Leagues and um, someone who's got that experience as a technician, uh, knows how Sydney FC operates. And um, as it stands to me, if Fabio Gomez is playing in that team, apparently he's been working as a translator in his off time. So, you know, that connection might be there if the Brazilian decides to, uh, if the Brazilian is going to lead the line for Sydney. Yeah, I, th- I think especially based on that sort of Australian Cup campaign, maybe some of the, you know, stars you'd almost say for Sydney, you know, the likes of Corey Holman at $155,000. He played all the games in midfield. Jacob Reich, especially, he was phenomenal at centre-back. It was pr- pretty surprising to see him play so well in a position he's maybe not as familiar playing in. And then you have the likes of, you know, Gabriel Lascherda, $176,000. Obviously, we saw him step into that final game. Maybe he's someone that can win that position. Of course, when you talk about Fabio Gomez, I think that's, I currently don't have him in my team, but I, just, I want to find a way to work him in. It's, it's almost a shame that you can only have three attackers. I almost find myself thinking like, oh, I, I want to have this person in, but it's just so hard to sort of fit all the pieces in there. But maybe you definitely want to sort of maybe wait on a little bit, see sort of what's happening with him and Patrick Wood as unless they do change their formation, it probably will only be one of them starting, unfortunately, uh, when you have two players that are Pretty exceptional, to be fair, that they had a very, very, very good Australian Cup campaign. But now we'll move along to Wellington, um, a team that isn't necessarily tipped to do the best. However, I do like them in terms of they have a lot of really, really cheap young players here. And I think a lot of players, like I just mentioned before, uh, Lucas Kelly healed $150,000. He's a player I'm pretty big on. I think he looks very, very good. And even likes of Finn Sermon, Pennington, Paulson. Etc. All at almost borderline, like the lowest prices possible you can have, and these are players that are probably going to be starting, you know, week in week out. I think is there is there one you're maybe keeping your eye on? The the one I'm keeping my eye out, and it's not for the good reason. I can't believe Jack Duncan is three hundred thirty five thousand dollars on this year's rendition <laughs> of Alex Fantasy. It, it, it baffles to believe because if I'm Wellington and you know I'm going look, Jack Duncan's been around the league for a long time. He's sort of been in and out of starting 11s with the likes of the Newcastle Jets. We made the top six last season. Do we really want to trust him as our out-and-out number one? I see Alex Paulson getting some minutes and that being a very competitive positional pivot for for um, the Wellington Phoenix. Um, there's also, you know, some pretty decent pickups for for low prices. Um, you know, Mohamed Al-Tai, 165000 He's someone who could feature quite heavily, if not in a starting role, but off the bench. And he could be someone who could gather a little bit of momentum and maybe get you that crucial cash midway through the season so you can start upgrading your team. Um, ben Old as well, someone I'll be keeping close eye on. At 165000 Like these prices are bargain bin prices for some pretty decent A-Leagues talent. Wellington Phoenix are definitely a team I'll be keeping an eye on. In saying that, no players in my team at the moment, but yeah. um, look, I, I'm sort of watching and waiting to see how the team performs You know, under new management. Um, obviously... You know, going out in the the first stages of the finals last season, it'll be interesting to see if they progress any any further than that, or if they regress rather without Ufuk Tale um, at the helm of that club. Um, but yeah, for the love that is all holy, stay away from Jack Duncan at three hundred thirty five thousand. He is certainly not worth that price point. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so far in preseason, at least in the Australian Cup games. Alex Paulson played all the games, and it does seem, by all accounts, he probably will be starting this season. So, yeah, you probably don't want $335 to be on someone that's going to be on the bench. But, uh, you know, maybe you're just a big Jack Duncan fan. Uh, there's only 22 people who picked him, so, you know, it, it maybe isn't the most popular pick, but you have the likes of Zavada, to be fair, $430,000, basically. Um, bit pricey, but obviously he's proven to be a good uh, striker, but... I think she, in general with the uh, the Knicks, it's just an interesting. I, I saw something on it where it's like every season, uh, people will predict the Knicks to finish out right at the bottom, and then they just yeah you know, they find a way to sort of you know come around that final spot and sort of you know, really impress. And I think you know they definitely could do that. There's a lot of really really talented young players here for super cheap prices. I think it's yeah for me personally, I don't currently have anyone. I had Kelly Hill in for a while. I dro- I dropped him out just for now, but. Uh, I think there's yeah a lot of super promising young players here that can skyrocket in value if they you know just sort of get those points. But uh, we'll move along now to Western Sydney Wanderers, a team that probably is expected to sort of you know, finish you know, around those top spots, and you know it's definitely reflected here. 
Brandon Borello, $509,000. And then you have Marcelo, Clisby, Kleur, Thomas, Simmons. You know, like basically the whole defense is, you know, priced super high. Obviously, is there very, very good at getting clean sheets, this uh, Western Sydney side. So it is a bit pricey, but you do have some pretty cheap picks in there, to be fair. Do you have any of those currently, Jack? Well, I did have Aiden Simmons, but unfortunately, it looks like he's picked up an injury and one that looks pretty serious. So it is a trade I've had to make on the fly, and um, I wasn't very pleased with it because Aiden Simmons is, is one of those defenders who he has played in a more advanced role in the past through his youth years, and he's was just starting to break into that starting 11 for West Indian Wanderers and looked like he was going to get more of an expansive role. Unfortunately, you know, picking up that injury, he is probably someone you have to wait until he comes back to see how he recovers. And if he does recover, the defense is super pricey. And yes, they were very secure under Marco Rodan, but, uh, you know, whether or not that continues is a difference. The defenders are definitely a watch and wait for me. Brandon Borello as a striker, look, I don't mind the pick, but at 509000 you know, I don't even have Jamie McLaren in for the big price he is, and he's a guaranteed goal scorer. You know, I think forwards is where you're probably going to make the most money. If you can make the right picks at the start of the season, and you just never know, with Brandon Borello looking like he is, might be playing a part with the Socceroos heading into the Asian Cup next year as well, you know, it's a bit of a high game load for him personally and um you know the, there's a question of if he can stay fit you know the, there's no concerns at the moment but for fantasy players it's you're always concerned about that. what if this player goes down everyone sells him i lose $150,000 overnight and that's some key money to have in there so some players i am having a look at Tate Russell big return this year if he gets some minutes someone you could look at at 165,000 and uh, another player I, i'm sort of looking at the Australian Neymar, as he's called. August Eunice. Yeah. Well, one of the most exciting players of the NPL New South Wales. I've heard Cody um, wax lyrical about him, and I'm going to, you know, just hammer it down again. Um, He's a young talent, and if he's given the opportunity by Marco Rodin, I wouldn't be surprised if he earns a pretty penny for some of those uh, A-Leagues fantasy investors and could well be one of the, the best meta signings or one of the best bench signings just to have as your third striker. Yeah, Eunice, big, big, big fan of him as well. I, I just recommend any of you look up his highlights, whatever you did, like, this kid is a freak. But, yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see whether or not sort of he'll get those consistent minutes this season. But I think the two I really like for Western Sydney, I think it's always a common theme, just the new signings, because they probably are priced a little bit cheaper, as obviously we don't know sort of how they're going to play. But it's Marcus Antonsen, he's sort of been starting alongside Borello up top. And he looks a top player, to be fair. I think he was off a really, really good season, I think, in Saudi, I believe. And, yeah, he's, he's came in. I think he scored a goal or two in the Australia Cup. So he looks good if he can sort of start consistently up top for them. And then it's the new signing, Yorick Hendricks, who um, played a lot of games in the Eredivisie. He'll be a more of a defensive mind midfielder, but I think he could definitely pick up a lot of points if he you know, can play consistently, maybe pick up some assists, some tackles. You know, obviously, all these things do actually add up, which I, the thing I really, really like about sort of the way that the uh, A-Leagues do their fantasy, maybe compared to an FPL, you know, it, it awards those de- more defensive players, you know, for their tackles and whatnot, which is, you know, good for these sort of, you know, defensive midfielders that are going to sort of win those uh, challenges. But yeah, I think um, Western Sydney is a team I definitely expect to do very well this season. And I think there are a lot of, you know, pretty cheap assets here that could pick up a lot of minutes. You know, you've got Beedling, Gridditch, we've seen um, Bonatig feature quite a bit as well in preseason. So I think it'll be interesting to see you know, who consistently starts with this new team. Yeah, there could be a new Callum Yulnoff. That was another meta pick last year that I, I was very proud to make. Uh, he, he flew up the prices. But, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see with Western Sydney. But now we'll move along to Western United. The team that I think I think is interesting, you know, they've had to rebuild quite a lot after quite a poor season, a disappointing season after obviously being champions. We've had you know, big signings like Daniel Pena. That's one that's you know, super exciting there, obviously. I'm sure Jack has a lot to say about him as a Newcastle fan, but Josh Risden, Ben Garuccio, Donaghy, Bottich, Rukovitska, there's, there's a lot of interesting picks here that, to be fair, aren't too expensive. I'd say, I'd say they're pretty reasonably priced. Lockie Wells a little bit further down at 213. I think that's a really, really, really good deal there for someone that you expect to be playing quite frequently. And even, you know, I think we touched on it on, on the uh, preview, um, sorry, with me and Cody. Uh, Tom Hewitt-Bell, for example, at $155,000. That's one I've still got on my team there. 
and I think he's the most picked goalkeeper at the moment. He looks a top pick, and he should be starting. So, uh, who do you sort of have your eye on for uh, Western United? Do you have any currently in your team? I have two at the moment. Um, I've got Joshy Risden, you know, highest point scoring fullback in the in the last season. Um, you know, given the Regi the the points and commands are pretty pretty penny. And you know, I've talked a lot about in this podcast about meta investments. This is another time they're going to be caught out on my staunch lies. I know I'm a, I'm a you, bad you, analyst. You have to eventually spend the money though somewhere to get those big scores. And I think someone like Josh Risden, you know, you sh- you should be getting points from him. The, the way Aloisi has this team set up to play, you know, he plays with overlook, overlapping fullbacks. Um, whether that will change because they don't have Prijevic up front as that, like, you know, tallest timber target man is yet to be seen. I mean, they've made a pretty decent signing and Nikita Rukovica has come back from a long spell at Maccabi. He, he's come back home, um, to, to, to Australia to play for Western United, of course, you know, former Perth Glory product there. So, be interesting to see who starts up front for Western United. That's the biggest question mark because you've got Noel Bodic, Nikita Rukovitsa, you've got Lachlan Wales, who I know is listed as a midfielder, but look, is he really a midfielder? Like I, I've, I think that if he was um, really wanting to play his desired position, he'd be playing as a forward. You know, it is the position that he was naturally sort of playing and with his previous stint out at Melbourne City is where he was featuring the most. But at 2.13, He's one of those menace guys who can play in a more advanced position, who who does have a decent eye for goal, and, and someone who could you know really boost up uh, um, your cash kitty by the midway point of the season. But uh, I went with went with my boy. Still can't let him go. Angus Thurgate, the ultimate box to box midfielder in A leagues, in my opinion. Um, he's just up and down all day. Pops up with goals. You know, big tackles. He's just an absolute roadrunner, energizer, bunny sort of midfielder, and two hundred twenty-eight thousand. I've someone who has the output and, and that sort of energy it, it is really quite a good investment in my eyes because you know the amount of times you see him get forward and get back, he's going to have that both attacking and defensive output, and of course now how the competition runs, um, the defensive output and attacking output is much more closely monitored and the points being given out um, depending on how good that output is, regardless of goals and assists. Of course, they bring home the most points, but there's still um, a good reason to to buy a player like Angus Thurgate um, because of how much energy. In terms of someone like the the younger or maybe the cheaper you know, players out there. Sebastian Pasquale has featured quite a bit in, in preseason for Western United in the midfield there. 170,000 could be a decent pickup. Um, Rami Najarine as a, as a bench option, you know, he's got that technical ability. So whether or not he, he's, he's going to be available for the whole season and whether or not he's actually begin give them minutes and freedom by, um, Aloisi is going to be, um, you know, uh, something to see. Riku Denzaki. Uh, we now have an official derby here. It's the Aloisi Danzaki derby because he's, <laughs> of course, he did have a brief spell out in Scotland, but he's gone from Brisbane to Western United, and now we've got a brotherly rivalry and, and and one of those players who have who have crossed paths, you know, from the from the from the top of the A League in terms of uh, geography, right down to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it's a it's a pretty big distance to travel, so I'll be interested to see if Riku Danzaki. Is, is is used a lot for Western United. You've also got, you know, the likes of Michael Ruse and of course you previously mentioned Tom Hewitt Bell. The that that price is insane. We talked about Jack Duncan being worth over three hundred thousand dollars according to A League's headquarters and Tom Hewitt Bell only hundred and fifty five. Look, I could see those prices swapping by the midway point of the season. Given, you know, you have Smokey Imai in front in a defensive positioning, you know, James Donachie and, of course, Bangarucho, Josh Risden, extremely um, experienced defenders. So it's good you mentioned him. And, of course, the excitement machine. It's going to be the box office Western uh, United team. You know, their new headquarters out in, uh, you know, Wynnum, they're going to probably be playing most of their games out of that um, newly built training facility. Um, it's not their stadium yet, but... Maybe Daniel Pena might put on a show for the people of Tarnate and Wyndham City. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in that regards. But, um, at 474,000 for me, still a watch and wait coming off a, you know, an injury that was really sort of disappointing to see. He looked like he was playing well in Korea before he picked up that injury, you know, very early on to his stint out there. So probably 
the first three weeks of the season, I'd avoid Daniel Pena just to see if his price normalizes any a bit. And if it goes up, well, you've proved me wrong. So congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of optimism at the moment, I reckon, about uh, Western United. Obviously, like you said, the new stadium and I think a lot of the new signings they've brought in. I, I think they're, they're, they're definitely building something. I think they could definitely be another team uh, that, you know, could be pushing for the uh, so some of those top spots. And I think, you know, if you look at how cheap their you know, roster is priced, I think there are definitely a lot of plays there you could really invest in, I think, that will jump up in price. Um, you know, especially, I think, good one, especially Ben Garucha. I think he's an absolute bargain. At 276,000, I think he's going to be, you know, taking set pieces. He's going to be getting forward as a fullback. I really, really like that pick. Yeah. But anyways, I think that's, that's all now for the teams. Um, that was quite long, as we've just said. But, uh, yeah, that, that was, well, mate, we, we could go for years and years about this. I reckon that we, we, we absolutely love this, don't we, Jack? <laughs> well, well, we've got a whole season ahead of us. So. Um, plenty more fun to come and, you know, excited to be on board for a, for a new direction for the Front Page Football Podcast Network. That's it, mate. That's it. Uh, we'll pay the new way here. But now it's time for the squad reveals. Like I said in the last one for the A-League Wings as well, this might change. I actually did end up making some changes after that at the podcast as well because I'm so indecisive with my teams. But in terms of sort of my team at the moment, this is how we are looking We've got Tom Hewitt-Bell in goals alongside Matt Sutton. I just went for two of the uh, West United keepers there, just in case, you know, one's injured, you know, the other one steps in. Nice and easy there. For defence, I've gone for Aziz Bage, bit of a premium option there. Ben Garucho, Jack Hingett on the bench. I currently have Miranda, as I don't want him in for the first week as they're playing Sydney. That's a bit of a risk there. And Nathan Paul. For the midfielders, I have Tolgay Arslan, Ulysses Stavia, Jason Bathomia, Lachlan Wales, and Johnny Yule. And up top, I have you know, the main man, Jamie McLaren. I've gone for Joe Lolly, and I've gone for the young gun, Thomas Wanningham. And in terms of captaining, for now, I just have Jamie McLaren against Western United. I reckon there's a decent chance he scores there, but you know, I guess we'll see. But anyways, <laughs> A-League's all-time goal scorer. Decent chance, I reckon, for yeah, a goal that week. It's decent. decent. He, he, but... he can also break the record against Western United as well. So he has a decent you know, sort of... Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll back him there. I'll, I'll back the young lad. So. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Can't argue with that logic. Um, <laughs> well, well, in terms of me, I have made a few changes on the fly here, so I don't know if that's Ooh. cheating or not. But uh, no, in goals, I've gone from Brisbane's, you know, what I who I think is going to be their number one for the season, Macklin Frake. You know, he does have some steep competition with Van Acton uh, joining the club. And I've also got Nizic as my second keeper for MacArthur. We, we discussed how, you know, Philip Curto hasn't really featured much in the AFC Cup all the preseason games, and we're not really sure where he is. So until um, the aliens give him back to MacArthur, I think I'm going to go with Nizic for now. In the defensive uh, sort of quarter of oh, third of the field, I've gone with Joshy Risden, one of the best output fullbacks we just discussed. Uh, Storm Roo discussed his uh, versatility as a as a fullback and someone who can really deploy the ball up forward. And, and Lucas Moragas, he's a bit of a wildfire. You know, if he's given the um, opportunity to overlap for Newcastle, I can see him being a very exciting option. And my bench options, I've put in Nuno Race. I got rid of Daningham, even though I, you know, whack lyrical about his versatility. But at 166, it's someone who I missed before. So I've subbed him in. And Cameron Windust is my second defender there. Um, in terms of the midfield, gone with Henry Hoare. I'm expecting a good season from Henry Hoare. I don't think I talked about him when we were talk- um, talking about Brisbane Roy earlier, but. You know, someone who I see can getting a little bit more of an expansive role at Brisbane and with the style of football that Ross Aloisi is looking to play, I think it's someone who could benefit from that. And 340000 yeah, it's a pretty steep bet for, for a player who has been good but perhaps hasn't produced the stats of a, um, A-League's fantasy legend. Um, but I do have some, you know, value for money picks. I think Anthony Caceres at 323000 is an excellent pick and that's why he's in my team. Alongside Salim Khalifi, who I talked about before, um, you know, his versatility in terms of an attacking, you know, either in a playmaking role or sort of a wildfire bouncing off a, a pivoting striker is, is something I'm looking forward to seeing. And Angus Thurgate, the Energizer Bunny himself, with Ryan Teague featuring on the bench, hopefully getting me a cool 40k by the midway point of the season, depending on how much game minutes he gets. And then it's the forward line, and I have, have made a change change here and it's a big change actually. Marco Tilio is still my captain. I got Antonson is still as my vice captain. 
But even though I mentioned it before, I've removed Caputo and I found an extra bit of cash and I'm betting it on Fabio Gomez. If he's starting, he's going to get me some good money, which I can just splash the cash and maybe, just maybe, um, jump on the McLaren bandwagon towards the halfway point of the season where everyone's selling him and he's priced somehow maybe declines if there's a big off-sell of Jamie McLaren's um, due to his price going even higher somehow. So I may have may have cheated the front-page football <laughs> uh, fantasy podcast rules here, but that's what I'm going in heading to Game Week 1, and I can promise the listeners there'll be no more trades. Even though there's unlimited, that's the team. That's who I'm trusting. So I'm hoping my team, the 4-4-2 for you, even though I'm playing a 3-4-3, <laughs> we'll get the business done. Hey, that's what I like to see, though. You, you were you were willing to change, you were open to change, and you did it. You know, and and that was because of this podcast. That's what it's all about, Jack. You you have perfectly represented what this podcast is for. To you know, not necessarily change your whole team necessarily, but you know, listen out. Here's some good picks here, and you know, you maybe say, you know what, I'm going to go for that. And that's what you did, Fabio Gomez. I think that could be one of the best picks if he can get that spot. You know, with him and Patrick Wood, but he can win that spot. He could be lethal. He he already looks very good. But anyways, I think that's that's about all. I think we should you know try, try to wrap, wrap this up relatively quickly as we want all the viewers to go about their day. So thank you for joining me, Jack. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, like I said before as well, mate, we could be doing this for hours and hours and not get bored at all. Thank you for coming on, though. I appreciate it. No worries. And uh, thanks to the listeners. This isn't quite an express you know, express edition of uh, the new and improved, <laughs> the new front page fantasy. But um, you know, delighted to be on and and, and talk the raw calculations and numbers that is A League's football. So you know, great pleasure on my end. Beautiful. Anyways, um, some couple final notes I want to put up. I'm going to put out if you haven't joined already the league's codes for both A League men's and if you haven't joined the let already, sorry. At League's Women's, I'll put that up on my Twitter, Jake Hole Football. Uh, but yeah, um, again, thank you all for tuning in to a pretty bumper episode here. And uh, guys, still haven't figured out an outro. Let's do a. Uh... Can you think of one, Jack? Can you think of one? <laughs> See you on the flip flop. <laughs> See you on. All right. See you on the flip flop. <laughs> <laughs>